Welcome, craft beer friends, to Season 6, Episode 23 of Tap the Craft Podcast. I am Denny Luce. I'm coming to you from Boise, Idaho, and my partner in craft, the dog whisperer, and my favorite Florida man and home brewer from Tampa, Florida, Mr. Chris McKenzie. How are you doing tonight, Chris? And what is in your glass? I'm doing good, man. I don't think anybody's ever said my favorite Florida, favorite Florida man. Florida man's always stirring up trouble, especially this week. Yeah. Um, but I'm doing really good. Like I texted you uh, earlier, I'm just, I was ready to get in here. I was putting out fires all morning. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Uh, like I told you before we were before we started recording, just kind of reconfiguring some stuff on our website, and it's one thing after another. So I'm glad just to be sitting still, yeah, and uh, chatting with you and enjoying a beer. And in my glass tonight, I went out today and uh, went and supported a local brewery. Now it's a local brewery that I have never been to before. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's just kind of northwest in our area, and I had this I had this sign today that, hey, you need to stop over there and get some beer. And the sign was that the appointment that I went to was three minutes away from the brewery. Like I had to drive by the brewery <laughs> to get into the neighborhood. Yeah. So I, I called them before I went into my appointment. Said, hey, I'd like uh, five crowlers. Get me one of these, two of these, one of these, and one of these, and I'll see you guys at five o'clock. Nice. Sure enough pulled into Escape Brewing in Trinity, Florida, and they had me all set up with uh, everything that I ordered, and I'm drinking right now their hazy double IPA called Herding Tigers, Herd with a D, Um, and it's uh, kind of owed to the Tiger King, Oh, (laughs) Um, and it's a a hazy double IPA clocking in at about 8%, and I read their the page on here about this uh, the beer earlier, and it it definitely sounded pretty tasty. So I went ahead on blind faith and just went and got it. So um, what they noted here is clocking in an eight percent ABV and made with Strata and Citra hops. Mm. This majestic beast is smooth, juicy, and ready to live in your brew zoo at home. It's so good, <laughs> even that bitch Carol Baskin wants to take some back to the sanctuary. <laughs> We won't say there, we won't say whether or not she hid a few crawlers in the septic tank, but cheers, all you cats, and cool, cool cats and kittens. Oh wow, yeah, yeah. That, that's definitely a, you know playing towards the Tiger King. Oh yeah, this is pretty good. So, uh, but yeah, uh, like I said, just happy to be on here and uh, drinking some beer. So. Enough about me, Denny. What about you? How are you? What's in your glass this evening? Well, let me tell you what's in my glass. Uh, I it, it is it is spring, uh, and just you know teetering on summer. Uh, we've had some hot hot days here in Boise, and nothing's better on hot days than some refreshing springtime summer ales. And I've been drinking a lot of summer ales, and. And it's been really a nice a nice change. But tonight, I don't know if I'd call it a summer ale, but it's it's refreshing and it's a great beer to drink during the, the hot summer months. And we're not even summer yet, but it still feels like summer. But I'm drinking a beer outside of the state from Melvin Brewing out of Wyoming. Yeah. And I'm drinking their Killer Bees American Blonde Ale. And, uh, you know, this beer... Melvin beers are typically... A little bit more expensive than than most beers when you go to the mm-hmm. grocery store, 
usually around, I mean, now I say more expensive. I know I'm in Boise and I shouldn't be complaining about paying twelve, twelve fifty a six pack because, you know, in California, New York, in Maryland, and Virginia and everywhere, the beers are a lot more expensive. But here in Boise, we like to pay under $10 for our six packs. Sure. And this has been on sale for two weeks at $9.99 a six pack. So Ooh. I keep buying it. And I just really enjoy this beer. It's got just a, a nice, easy to, uh, to, uh, easy on the palate, uh, not too sweet, has a little bit of the, the malt come across, you know, a little bit of that honey, honeyness in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, super smooth, very refreshing. And you know what? Before you know it, you've got a, a glass of this drink and you're pouring another one. And that's what's oh, wow. So I've got a couple of these cans sitting up here at my desk right now that I'll be partaking in in the first part of our show. And then we'll be hitting the, a beer break so I can fill up for the next part of the show, I'm sure. Okay. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm doing well. You know, thank you. Know, Things are just as crazy as ever. Uh, work, work is, is work. Uh, I, I've just been exhausted. I, I don't yeah. know what's going on. I, I think it's the headache of having to, you know, partly work at home, partly work at on site. Uh, you know, trying to manage it. I've been for the last two months or however long as I guess that's been like two months, or longer. I can't remember when we started this this quarantine, but I've been working, uh, you know, from my work laptop screen mm-hmm. for that whole time and i've left my my two big monitors at my office you know at my office and i'm i'm used to doing a lot of statistical work uh that that is really nice to have multiple screens so that i can bounce oh, yeah. between programs and not have to keep you know ref, you know minimizing maximizing things and trying to copy paste and and see you know all the charts and graphs and things i need to see uh i've been doing that strictly from my laptop screen oh. and my laptop is not big you know it's a i think 13 13 inch laptop uh very small print uh, my eye strain has been way over the top i think i need to go to the eye doctor as soon as this quarantine's over so i can get my prescription changed so i can start to uh you know read things a little better uh but uh but yeah it's been i, I think that you know just working from a laptop for so long is really wearing on my uh, you know, on my body, uh, not only my eyes yeah. and my brain, but just my phys- physical body from just not having a, a very ergonomic workstation like I'm used to having when I'm normally working. So with that being said, I, I did mention to you before we got on that uh, that I did take a power five a, a power nap, like a five-minute uh, power snooze before <laughs> I came mm. on. I was just sitting on the couch. You know, I was just, uh, you know, enjoying some time with Sarah and I just kind of leaned my head back for a minute and five minutes went by with my eyes closed and it felt good. I think it gave me a little pep that I needed to get on here and have a little bit of lively interaction with you uh, while we while we have a, a great hour to hour and a half uh, time together talking about beer. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Ooh, well, you know what, Chris? Let's uh, get the show started. But uh, again, like always, I want to go and explain to any new, lis- new listeners out there what Tap to Craft Podcast is all about. Uh, we are an educational podcast, and we like to focus around celebrating all things craft beer because we want to assist our listeners along in your craft beer journeys and adventures. And you're listening to episode 153 
recording on Monday, June 1st, 2020. And in this episode, we will discuss brewer's yeast. Now, I know we've we've talked about yeast in the past, but I thought it was a good idea. And, and I'm, I'm kind of kicking myself for doing this now because I really wanted, was hoping that I could get together with Haley Gove from Jim Dandy Brewing and talk about, uh, you know, some yeast stuff with her. Uh, mm-hmm. But I just decided to go ahead and talk, you know, get this yeast topic going before I can do that. Maybe later on in a, in a, when she settles down from, from this newborn baby, we can get her on the show and she can talk about her experiences working with yeast, uh, you know, keeping it healthy, uh, making sure that yeast is going to work for you and, and for, you know, from beer batch to beer batch and stuff. But what I can do before we can have that conversation is I can go ahead and talk about some of the strain characteristics of, of this brewer's yeast that we use to brew beer uh, and some se- selection criteria that you as a home brewer or as a professional brewer, uh, production brewery, might look at in order, when they're going and picking out yeast that's going to provide you know, those characteristics that you want in that beer, as well mm-hmm. as discuss a little bit of the life cycle throughout the brewing process of the yeast. You know, what, what's going on with this yeast as you, when, you, you know, when you're getting ready to, to, to throw, you know, pitch it into the wart, you know, and there's different phases that it goes through during this whole process. So I thought I'd, you know, we talk about that a little bit too. And this will be part one. I'll have part two uh, that I will either have next week or if I can, uh, you know, get Haley to come on, maybe we will say that for her. But I'm thinking we're going to just go ahead and do it the next show. So we'll just get the yeast out of, out of the way. <laughs> and of course, Chris, you know, we can have, you know, some great conversation just between you and me along the way. Mm-hmm. So you know what time it is. It's time to get this conversation started, and it's time to untap the craft and see what our listeners are drinking according to Untap. So, Chris, are you ready? I am ready. And you know what? I think everybody else was ready, too. And I don't know if it's just because of uh, everything going on between COVID and the unrest across the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of check-ins on them. Oh, <laughs> so <yeah. laughs> we're, we're going to pick and choose uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, maybe some people we haven't heard from in a while, but we'll see what's uh, what pops up on here, and we'll see what everybody's drinking. So from 21 hours ago, Mr. Buck Buchanan is drinking an Amber Dexterous by Vortex Alley Brewing. Uh, just writes great beer. No ratings or anything on that, but writes great beer. Um, on to the next one, Tom Byrne, which he was drinking 19 hours ago. So, yeah, that would have been in the middle of the night. <laughs> uh, he's drinking the uh, Head Full of Dynamite, version 19, hazy IPA with Simcoe, Mosaic, and HBC 692 by Fremont Brewing. Uh, four and a quarter caps yeah. for that beer. I- I've had that one. It was really good. I enjoyed yeah, they're, I like their Head Full of Dynamite series. I, I wish I was able to get more of it. Um, from that company that shall not be named is where I got it from before. <laughs> um, but I, you know, don't use them anymore. Um, next one is my buddy Ryan Whedon. He's drinking some beers from Arche Brewing over in Akron, Ohio. He's drinking their Our Darkest Hour, which he gave four caps to. And he's also drinking Our Saving Grace, which he gave three and three quarter caps to, but no notes on there. Uh, let's see what else we got in here. Tom Byrne again is drinking a freak. 
F R E I K or F R I E K like oh. Creek, uh, by Odell brewing company. Yeah. And he said, been a few years since I checked this one out four and a quarter caps for that one, which was five hours ago. So I don't know if he's uh, sleeping or not. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see on to the next, on to the next, uh, John C is drinking a whoops, juicy IPA by Bookhouse brewing. And he writes big juicy mango orange with somewhat unpleasant bitter green hop burn in oh, the end. Oh, oh, okay. We got to stop for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, only because he mentioned hot burn and I forgot to add this article that we had on our website or our Facebook page that you posted on there about, uh, you know, hot burn, about how this is becoming a problem with breweries that are pumping out juicy or, you know, juicy, hazy IPAs. And because they either don't care or they are hope they're, they're thinking that maybe the, the beer will, will mellow out as it time it gets to the, the consumer. And, and then by the time they drink it, they won't have such harsh characteristics. But, um, the article was, was, was one thing is a bit long. It's from Pace Magazine, yeah. I believe. And it was yeah. a little bit long. Uh, but I did, you know, I read through most of it and, and kind of like skipped through some stuff and, and, and caught the highlights. But it's exactly what I have been complaining about. And I mentioned this hot burn. You know, I don't know what six months ago, Chris. I mentioned mm-hmm. it, and John uh, wrote to us and, and explained what the hop, what causes the hot burn. The hot burns caused by the brewer uh, trying to uh, ferment or create the, uh, the that hazy characteristic with the beer uh, too quickly and not giving it time to get rid of those acidic uh, green acidic acids or acid characteristics of the beer before it goes to the consumer. And then when the consumer actually drinks it, it, it literally burns going down. And what you'll get is you'll, you'll drink it and you'll have that burning flavor. Now it's not really bur- As far as I know, it's not really burning your throat, but mm-hmm. it, it gives you that, that feeling that it's burning as it goes down and the acid kind of coats your throat. And it, and it, and for me, it it does you know linger around uh, with that uh, acid burn in my throat all the way down to my esophagus and my stomach. Yeah. For, and for me, it's a problem because I already have a genetic condition with my esophagus that is already prone to being sensitive to stuff like that. And when I drink it, it just tears me up. And it, I mean, it it, it lasts for a little bit longer because I I can't get rid of it as fast. And the other thing is that hot burn will actually kind of uh, go into your nasal cavities too, right? A lot of times you'll drink yeah. it and as you're drinking it, it's burning your throat and also coming up into your nasal uh, canals and just burning your na- your sinuses too with this really strong acid. Uh, so I, all I wanted to say, uh, Kevin Page, uh, I, I don't think he read the article. I think he just saw the headline and he made a comment on our Facebook page and he was thinking that it was like really – like real acid was burning people and it's not really like you know causing some caustic burns it's just causing a, an irritant or an uncomfortable feeling of drinking it and and I don't like it I I any any hazy IPA that has that hot burn is right away that that sucker is getting a, a under 3 score because it's just not not right I think brewers need to be way more aware not 
to do this to their customer consumer base, right? Mm-hmm. Let, let the process get the process done. Make a beer that's enjoyable, and uh, and and don't don't uh, torture your uh, your customer. So sorry, Chris. I didn't mean to go on a tangent, but I did no. want to mention that 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 that's got to stop. You know this. You know brewers have got to stop doing this hot burn and and uh, and and go to our Facebook page and check out the article if you want a lot of. Uh, detail <laughs> about it because mm-hmm. it's a it's a long article. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of info and oh, I'm dropping stuff. A lot of information in there. Ooh, excuse me. Um, so moving on to the next one, let's see what we've got here. Uh, Cam Preeb is drinking a barrel aged Gallagher uh, from 2019 by Pulpit Rock Brewing Company, uh, and he said, "And Pulpit Rock is based out." of Decorah, Iowa. And he said, so age did this bottle well, cracked the first one right after release and sat on the second one doing my Cicerone training. And this was the only bottle conditioned beer in my fridge while studying Belgian bottle conditioning. So oh. it'll work. Oh, nice. uh, I gave, gave that one four caps for that beer. Um, let's see who's next in line. Jeff Seiler is drinking a uh, juicy bits by Weldworks brewing. And he writes, Juicy Bits totally lives up to all the hype. Juicy, tropical, and silky smooth mouthfeel. So glad I was lucky enough to snag a four-pack A-plus and gave that four-cap rating. Uh, Let's see who's on the next one. Scott Cooper. Coop, uh, my buddy from Ohio who lives here in Florida now, drinking a Green's Lantern by Flying Boat Brewing, which is over in St. Petersburg. Uh, Gave that one four and a half caps, but no notes. Kind of curious about that beer now. Mm-hmm. Uh, George Ziegler drinking a Marble of Doom 4 by KCBC, uh, the Kings County Brewers Collective. And he said, too tasty. Keep the youngsters away from this one. Adult fruit juice. Uh, four caps for that check-in. There's two check-ins from me. Um, what else we have on the list? Stephen Brown here in Florida drinking a straight jacket from November 2019 by Revolution Brewing Company. Mm. Gave it four and a half caps. Uh, no notes, though. He's not a big notes guy. <laughs> um, let's see. On to the next. Chew your beer, Robert. Uh, is drinking liquid candy by Tarantula Hill Brewing Company. And he writes, first to untapped this beer in my community never liked sweet IPAs until now. Sweet up from sweet up from. Yep. I read that right. Sweet up from finished off with a citrus bitterness. That's reminiscent of sun kissed jelly candy. All right. Mm. Five caps on that beer. Wow. Pretty cool glass too. That's uh, wrapped in the board from Pac-Man with uh, Pac-Man oh. and the, uh, and the ghosts chasing him. Sweet. Um, next on our list is Jeff Seiler again. He's drinking I Miss Loud Tap Rooms. Yeah, you know what? I do too. I really do. I Funny, before COVID, I just wanted to buy my beer and get the hell out. Now I, <laughs> I just I, I just crave the, uh, the social yeah. aspect of it all. Anyway, I Miss Loud Tap Rooms by Outer Range Brewing Company. And he writes, delicious, super fruity, dank, and mildly sweet. Great stuff. And yes... I really miss drinking at tap rooms too. Oh, Jeff, you and I should go get a beer. Mm-hmm. Um, so four and a half caps for that beer. And he checked into that two hours ago. 
Uh, Mike Allen is drinking a Get Comfortable from 2020 by Creature Comforts. And it was a collaboration with Allagash up in Maine. And he writes, my last one of the surprisingly delicious collab. Four cap rating on that one. Uh, on to the next. Tara Carlson is drinking a Jousting Windmills Fruity Peppers by Manor Hill Brewing. Uh, he writes, different. Very mm-hmm. effervescent, slightly sour, just a hint of peppers. Three and three quarter caps for that with Jim's pretty face in the picture right <laughs> next to the beer. Uh, Mark Church drinking a Samuel Adams porch rocker, which I don't mind that one. That's a pretty tasty one, especially when it gets warm. He writes, nice summer Rattler. Hey, I remember Tap the Craft doing a show on Rattlers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, three and three quarters caps on that on that beer. That was about an hour ago. And... uh Let's see, Jim, uh, Jim Kudzal is drinking the same, Jousting Windmills Fruity Peppers. He writes, on a four-cap rating, a pleasant offering from a nearby Maryland brewery, generous fruit additions with a little bit of heat from Scorpion Peppers, and only 4% ABV. So that sounds pretty good. I think I might give that a try. Chad LaMassa continuing the check-in streak for Haze for Days by Crooked Crab Brewing Company. Uh, No notes, but he gave it four and a quarter caps. Mm. And then who is next on the list? Mike Allen one more time is drinking a Hawkbill IPA by Burial Beer Company. Uh, Four and a half caps for that beer. Um, Eric Gronley drinking a Golden uh, Golden Bramble by Bad Weather Brewing. It had been a couple years since I've had this treat. Tastes just like I remember. The pineapple is subtle, but super refreshing. Four caps on that beer. Matt Knight. I love it. Everybody's checking in. <laughs> See what happens when we post stuff on Facebook. Uh, Matt Knight is drinking a Genesee Ruby Red Kolsch. Oh, I love that beer. Oh, gosh. <sighs> you know what? We get regular Genesee cream ale here. Nothing else. Oh, well, you, you, you got to go look for this this. Kolsch, this is so good. <laughs> it's so refreshing. And oh, he sent me some uh, last year, and I just I loved it. I, and and every time I see like you know I see Genesee, and it's like oh man, I wish the had something else because Kevin and Amanda <laughs> brought me some uh, some beers from them when they were here last year, and I was I was all about it. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, he says the kids refusing to go to sleep are causing me to drink. Well. <laughs> more than usual um and he gave that one four caps for the rating and refreshing refreshing john c i gotta read this one just because i like the can art he is drinking a trooper by robinson's brewery um caramelly and buttery with a little grassy lemon hops i only gave it three and a quarter caps but uh probably that buttery (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to ever hear buttery in my coffee or my beer, your coffee (laughs) or my coffee. (laughs) Yeah, don't want to do that. Uh, But he checked into another beer called uh, is just drinking an IPA by sibling rivalry brewery. He gave it three and a half caps, but his notes, mm, excuse me, his notes are a little concerning. Grassy, oniony hops. Oh, yeah. Mm. Sounds like a side salad. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to hit refresh one more time. And that's what everybody's drinking, Denny. So remember, I know it was a lot. So remember, if you guys want us want to be featured on our 
Untap the Craft, make sure you follow me on Untapped at MCK1345, and we'll read your check-ins on our next show. Yeah, good check-ins. A lot of variety. Uh, I, and it sounds like yeah, people are needing a drink right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I need a drink. I, I, I'm going to admit that, uh, that, yeah, I think I drank an 18-pack this weekend uh, just because it was, one of those, <laughs> it was one of those weekends. I, I, I did have, we did have some friends over. We had our first, you know, uh, you know, we're, we, we had some close friends that we, that we do a lot of stuff with that we haven't seen since this started. And it, we were really going through withdrawals and we decided to go ahead and bring them over for a barbecue. We kept our, Good. you know, our distant, you know, our social distancing, but uh, they brought a couple six packs and, and uh, we polished those off pretty quick. And of course dove into my, uh, my stash and, uh, it was just fun and just good, you know, good conversation and beautiful weather. Although we did have a storm come in and it was, it was interesting because I was barbecuing and I literally, the wind was blowing and I'm like, okay, we might not be able to barbecue. I mean, it was like storming, like a, like a thunderstorm warning was mm-hmm. in effect. And then all of a sudden it, it went quiet and I went out and barbecued and then, uh, and then the storm, and then right when I got done with the barbecue, the storm hit again. I came inside. We ate inside, and then by the time we got done eating and ch- you know chatting a little bit, the the storm had died, and it was like still and qu- and quiet again. We went back outside and chatted for another two hours, and then right at the end of that two hours, the storm hit again. So it was like it worked out perfect that we just were able to enjoy the outside. The weather it was ninety eight degrees, uh, you know, it was pretty damn hot for mm-hmm. for you know May still, uh, and it was ni- It was it's been in the high nineties for a few days it was a, a few days but that when, when the wind came in it was it did kind of cool it off a little bit you know a little breeze really does a lot to knock down that that temperature but yeah we had a good time but like i what i was trying to get at is uh when i'm with my friends and we're socializing and we're enjoying the beer and conversation the beers tend to go down a lot m- more quickly than oh, i would yeah. normally drink so that's why i drank about 18 beers this weekend <laughs> Uh, You know, that's a lot. I haven't drank that much in a long time. But eh, when you're with friends, you do what you do. But uh, let's talk about some new and noteworthy beers. And Chris, since you just got done, uh, you know, chatting away, let me go ahead and do my – I just have a couple beers that I really enjoyed and I want to talk about. So I'll start it off. Go for it. Uh, The first beer I'm going to talk about is a five-cap rating beer. I haven't given five caps, you know, as much. I I go through phases where all of a sudden it's like, I'll, I'll give a bunch of beers five because I, they just knock, I just really enjoy them. And it's been a while since I've gave a five cap rating. Uh, but this beer that I gave a five cap is from Deschutes Brewery. Everyone knows I'm a huge fan of Deschutes. Now, one thing that can happen with regional breweries that have been around a long time, you know, 30 years, 30 plus years, is that sometimes they can get settled in their way and maybe not uh, innovate as much as, you know, as, as others newer breweries are trying to make, you know, make a name for themselves. And for a while, I was thinking Deschutes kind of fell into that trap. Now, if you go to their brewery in Bend, you will get a lot of experimental and new stuff, but those beers don't make it out to the public very, very much. They did years ago, like I'm talking 10, 15 years ago, 
they would, or maybe nah, 10, 10 years ago, they would release their what they called their Bond Street uh, special beers, special release beers. These are beers that on Bond Street is where their pub is, or their brewery mm-hmm. pub, their first uh, pub was. And these, they have they have their original brewery there. That's a smaller brewery than their production brewery that's in the, the big brewery. And they would use this brewery to just do experimental brews, and they would, like I said, release it at the, the Bond Street pub. But they were releasing these beers in 22-ounce bottles. So I was always getting new beers, you know, 10, 8, 10 years ago with these Bond Street series that I was really enjoying, these, you know, one-off uh, styles that, that you know, they'll make one time and release it, and then they'll do something else. And I liked it. But in the last five, six years, that hasn't been happening. And I've been very saddened that I'm not getting as much new stuff from them. Well, guess what? I got a new beer, and this new beer just rocked my socks off. And what's even better is I didn't pay anything for this beer. My distributor friend, uh, they had these beers sitting on a table at the distributorship, and and his boss said, hey, why don't you go ahead and take one? Uh, you know, this, this is a sample from the, uh, you know, from the brewery. So he, he knows that I love the shoots and knows I love beer, and he picked it up. So let me tell you what the beer is. The beer is called Fresh Funk Wild IPA. Now, you guys have heard me say in the past that I'm not a big fan of, of uh, w- you know, wild IPA or sour IPAs, uh, and maybe not even funky IPAs. You know, I'm not a huge fan of Belgian. I love Belgian beers, but if I had to pick one of the Belgian styles that I'm really not that fond of, IP, the Belgian IPA is probably the one that I'm not the, the biggest fan of. Mm-hmm. So whenever I see wild IPA or funk IPA, I get a little scared. And uh, this this bottle was a uh, 16, 20 ounce bottle, 16 point, oh no, was it 20 ounce or six? I don't know, I think it was 19 ounce bottle. I think it was 19 ounce bottle. It's a, a small bottle with, uh, it had like a cork, one of those uh, champagne tops that you could put a cork in. Uh, and uh, cage on, but it didn't have a. It just had a, a regular cap on it. Uh, but so I was a little bit weary. But hey, I say it's free. I'll go ahead and give it a shot. So I popped it open. First thing I noticed when I popped this beer open is that it had a nice solid pop. Why did it have a nice solid pop? Because this beer was bottle conditioned. And I popped that cop top off, and it went, you know, pop. And I'm like, ooh, this is going to be good. I I love having a, a nice poppy beer. I poured it into the glass, and the and the coloring was beautiful. The it was very effervescent. You know how I love using that word. I think Tara also used it in her her check in that, that she read with the uh, with that pepper IPA. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one had lots of bubbles coming up, and the aroma was wonderful. It had some of the uh, Brett Funk coming off the aroma, but not too strong. It wasn't like you're just putting your nose under there and getting a you know, a face full of barnyard wool blankets and straw, right? It was just yeah. a nice, subtle character. And in the background, it had a little bit of funk and a little bit of, of a citrus notes uh, to to it, too. So right away, I'm like, ooh, it smells pretty good. I love the coloring. Uh, I love the fact it's, you know, effervescence. Uh, and so I started taking a sip. And, oh, my gosh, from the very first sip, I fell in love with this beer. This beer was so complex and uh, so many flavors, rich in flavors going on. Uh, I, let me just kind of read what I, I wrote in the description here on the tab. I said, bottle had a nice pop when open. 
aroma of bread funk mixed with tropical citrus, which follows through the flavor. Very nicely done using bread to complement the IPA and not overwhelm it. Absolutely delightful beer and a great take on the wild IPA. That's the key, is you take that sip and right away in the first beginning of the sip, you get some of that, that funk. But the funk wasn't like strong. It was very, very light and, uh, you know, lightly done. And then as you're getting that, that, uh, that Brett funk and, and a little bit of barnyardy character, uh, it was following through right away with tropical citrus, that sweeter tropical citrus notes that you get from those hops. And then just goes on and, and finishes a nice dry, uh, not, not bitter, but has a, it has a nice, has a slight bitter finish, but not like overly bitter. Just everything was smooth and flowed well from, from the beginning through the mid to the end it was just a very delightful beer. And it was that way all the way to the last sip from the first sip to the last sip. Even as I got to the last sip, I think I enjoyed the beer even more than I did at a, as a, at the first because, again, once it starts to warm up a little bit more, I didn't drink it like super cold. Um, it was it was chilled, but it wasn't like ice cold, uh, and that's why I think I enjoyed it right off the bat. Sometimes when you have it too cold, you'll get you know that some of that funk will come across sharp, and it might mm-hmm. uh, act, you know give a little too much sharpness to your taste buds, and it kind of throws you off. But right away, it was very smooth, and then as it warmed up to the last of that uh, that glass, the flavors just like ex- just like bursted even more as it warmed up. Um, I don't know how readily available this beer is in the market, but if you love IPAs and you want something a little bit different, uh, I recommend going out and trying to find this beer if you get the shoots in your area. Uh, it's really good. And they do classify it as a, a farmhouse IPA. Uh, but I would say it's, you know, for people that don't necessarily like farmhouse ales, it's light on the farmhouse flavor, right? It, it's like a mix of a, of, of a Saison and an IPA, but in a good manner, in a good way. It's not, it's a really well done beer. So I know I carried on a little bit much with that, but when you have special beers, I, I need to try, I feel like I need to try to explain why it was so special to me. So that's why I spent a little extra time on that. Okay. Not last beer I'll talk about. Again, I only have two beers to talk about is uh, again, how can I go through a show without naming a revision brewing beer? <laughs> because I love their beer mm-hmm. and they did a beer. That's a collaboration, like a global collaboration uh, called all together. And I think you read somebody on our untapped had a all together beer, right? Was it, Aww. Did you read one? Maybe. Uh, maybe not. I don't remember. I, I thought I heard altogether. Um, and this style isn't, it's not a style that everyone's brewing the same beer. It's just a collaboration, I, I believe. It's a collaboration that just is, uh, uh, you know, going to uh, donating funds to this, this, uh, uh, this, I don't know, I want to say charity, but this, uh, whatever, this cause. And uh, so Revision did a, did it. Um, did one called All, All Together. It's a New England IPA. And I'll just read what I, what I said here. I said, damn, this is tasty. Mango up front, followed by some citrus peel zest and finishing with a bit of floral character. Uh, there's also a nice bit of bitterness in the finish. 
Uh, it's a well done and delicious beer. I gave it four and a quarter uh, rating uh, because I again this beer was not a typical New England IPA. It had a you know it had a little bit it, it added a little bit of that uh, peel zest. You know like you like you mm-hmm. zest up. Uh, uh, an orange or some kind of citrus fruit, and you get that little bit of bitterness, bitterness from the peel and uh, a little zestiness that uh, can be refreshing. It had that in there along with the, the traditional New England uh, IPA characteristics, and I really enjoyed it. And the mango definitely came through in the, in, the, in, the, in the front, right? You got like a lot of that mango flavor from the hop that they use in it. Uh, I'm trying to see if I can read the... Uh, it says the altogether world collaboration was brewed with mosaic cascade and Simcoe hops, which lend notes of tangelo zest and mango, accompanied by a slightly floral bouquet. Brewed with love to help the people in the hospitality who help us to get who help us gather, the people that allow us or allow us as social creatures to be social together. So yeah, so I, I guess it. I'm not sure what a tangelo is, but it must be some kind of a. What like an, like an. It's like an orange. Like an like orange an and tangerine orange mix, yeah. Yeah. And mango, yeah, definitely, definitely the zest and definitely the mango. And again, the floral. Uh, there is a floral, uh, after flavor you get in the in the finish that you you definitely can get a little bit not, not over the top, but you you know it kind of has a lot of stuff going on in there, right, with the mango and the zest, and then. This floral uh, finish that's uh, really nice. So that was the altogether beer from Revision Brewing. Uh, if you can get Revision, go try it. I think you'll really enjoy it. I noticed that the same day that I drank this, I believe that our friend Mark Church, uh, just down the street from Trek Brewing, uh, he also had an altogether beer. But this altogether beer was brewed by Trek Brewing. So mm. so John also participated in this world collaboration. So uh, yeah. I, I believe Mark gave a, a high rating to this beer that Trek brewed as well. Oh, uh, and then you might have got the uh, the floral notes just because of the, uh, so Tangelo is actually a, oh my gosh, so there's some bizarre UFO formation in Pocatello. <laughs> in Pocatello, why? In Pocatello. Did, uh, did Haley just post something? No. <laughs> uh, my friend in Texas did. But I'll, I'll, you know, we can tag Haley in it too. Um, anywho, a tangelo is a tangerine and a grapefruit, so that might oh. have been where you were getting some of those floral flavors. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the grapefruit. Now that's what you know. Zesty was kind of like I think what, I didn't mention it in here, but yeah, I think it was grapefruity, citrus like peel. That that little bit of uh, bitter citrus peel that that was nice. So yeah. Well, thank you for for uh, looking that up for me. Uh, so, Chris, how about you? Did you have any great beers that you'd like to talk about? Yeah, funny enough, uh, you. I started typing up my notes, and um, I realized i i didn't i didn't I didn't log anything <laughs> uh, over the past couple of past couple of weeks. But you've been drinking, uh, though, right? Yeah. Well, it's been a lot of margaritas and mm-hmm. stuff like that um yeah. and it's really going to be just me being kind of lazy or not in the moment uh when i'm drinking these beers because i had three different ones yesterday when i was at the beach mm. and i didn't even check those in wow 
So I, I realized what I was doing and I went ahead and checked into some beers today. <laughs> and one that I didn't put on to here, you were mentioning the Brett beer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, uh, surprisingly enough, I had a beer from Victory Brewing Company called their Sour Monkey, oh, which yeah. was a triple, sa- sour triple. Yeah. Uh, that had Brett in it. And it was really tart, but you know what? It wasn't. It wasn't bad. I kind of liked it. It was really nice being uh, out at the beach, and it was you know just really hot, nice, refreshing beer. So, so, so the sour monkey that was it a, was it a, a variation of the sour monkey, or was it just a sour monkey that? I don't know if it's. Um... I'm not 100 percent sure. Okay, okay. Uh, I would just have to look into it a little more. But no, it's okay. Um, I I only mention it because I also I enjoy Sour Monkey. I have a 25 ounce bottle that I've been waiting to share with somebody. I don't want to drink it all by myself uh, mm. because I, it'll tear me up. Uh, but I don't remember. I know. I I think I do remember that. Yeah, it's like a a, a Belgian triple sour thing. Yeah. But I I didn't realize it had bread in it. So now maybe this weekend I'm just gonna have to bust it open and. And uh, you know, and, and drink as much as I can. Uh, it's been in my fridge. I am not even joking. Probably five years. I've been. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. I've been trying to to drink. Have someone help me drink this for five years, and nobody wants to drink it with me. So uh, maybe this weekend is the time. I think any. You know when the best time is. When? Now. 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 Yeah. Not now. Yeah. Now. I've I've already had a few beers. I don't want to pop over a twenty five <laughs> ounce or now. <laughs> <laughs> that might be too all much. Right. All right, fair enough. Uh, but yeah, so I had two of the beers that I had yesterday were both um, Berliners, both from the same brewery, both Berliners, and they uh, came from Tampa Bay Brewing Company. Haley said that the UFOs were coming to take her. Mm. Um, so they came from Tampa Bay Brewing Company, and they are that they're based out of here in Tampa, of course, with the name. But there's one in Ebor City, which. I haven't been to Ebor in a very long time and we do a lot of people watching there and um, it's, uh, you know, I, I miss it. So Megan and I, we went, I forget where we went that we decided to turn into down towards Ebor, uh, but we were out somewhere. Oh, I went to Cigar City to go pick up my bottles from their bottle club that just got uh, just about finished. And uh, I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm um Let's go. Let's go to Ebor. We'll go to Ebor. We called called up Tampa Bay Brewing Company. Said, "Hey, can I walk in your door and just buy beer?" And they said, "Absolutely, come on in." And we bought these two beers. One is called Cherry Plum Pie in the Face, which is a <laughs> cherry plum Berliner. Uh, which uh, took these to the beach yesterday. We've been enjoying a couple of these by the pool. And this one I gave three point seven five caps to. Um, that I, I did really enjoy. It's nice. It has some cherry flavors. Um, the, the tartness is there. It's really refreshing, especially with as hot as it's been here lately. And uh, the other one is called Juicy Peach Pie in the Face, which is a peach Berliner. Um, and I think there might have been like some graham cracker kind of flavoring in it too. And I, I don't really remember, but they were both really good. And the peach one specifically, once it started warming up, it was it was great. You got a lot of the peach flavor out of it and not like the fake peach flavor. It was actually, I believe there was actual peach puree and stuff in it. Hmm. So um, 
I gave the peach one because I'm more prone to peach flavors. I love peach. Anything is basically one of my favorite things in the world. Um, but I gave this one a four cap rating and you know what, if I would have to rate the, uh, the sour monkey one, I, I think I gave that one like three and a half, three and okay. three quarters. So yeah, I mean, there's a, a couple. Of, that's one that I tried and I didn't hate. That <laughs> had some Brett in it, and I saw that was on the can. I mean, I just, I was like, I'm, I'm not gonna like this, but I had to try it. So, but that's that's what's on my list. I'm, uh, I, yeah, like I said, I haven't been really checking into a whole lot of stuff. I haven't been able to go really go anywhere and buy much of anything and uh you know my favorite bottle shop is closed because joel's taking his damn time opening up his new place and uh so it's i asked him when he was going to open up he said he uh didn't know Hmm. but he gave me a good recommendation to go somewhere else so okay well i just found my uh check-in on tap back in 2015 i actually checked into the sour monkey and i've drank Sour Monkey many times, so it's just, this is the only time I've checked into it. And you're right. I make a comment in my thing, very good sour with a near-perfect Brett profile, hmm. slight sweet tartness in the front with a dry finish. You know what? I'm going to drink that damn 25-ounce bottle this weekend. Just right now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now, now I've convinced myself because after hmm. enjoying that Brett IPA so much, I, I need some more Brett. And if, it's, if I said myself five years ago, that it was near perfect, then it's probably even better now. It's aged, you know, a few years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, hey, those are new and noteworthy beers. I hope that uh, we shared some stuff that our listeners will enjoy finding for themselves. And we we definitely have some sour stuff in there. Chris Chris just mentioned three. He's a sour. He's a sour fan now i'm an aficionado now yeah, really yeah one minute he's hating them next minute it's all three beers are as new and noteworthy for the week mm-hmm. <laughs> now it might be because the uh, he forgot to bring beer and and uh you know the women in his life they love sours so they just went ahead and brought beer for him so yeah. that's why it's all sours yeah well no i mean i i made the turn to go drive down into the city to go get those <laughs> and i wanted to try them specifically because of um because of the the peach berliner uh, i was really excited about that one and yeah. so it turned out to be a good decision for all of us oh good good all right well you know now is the time of the show where we would normally go through and read some some feedback voicemails uh, emails you know twitter whatever you know facebook posts that people do for us but uh, things have been pretty slow you know with this pandemic you know like i said people aren't listening to podcasts as much and they're not necessarily taking the time to go ahead and give us some feedback. I, I will just say this, that we did have some comments on Twitter about uh, some, uh, some, uh, what the, f- <laughs> wow, maybe I should slow down on these beers because I just totally forgot what I was going to say. But what was our topic last uh, show? Uh, the lager, Bach, my Bach. Okay, phew. My Bach. <laughs> yeah, the my Bach. We had the, the topic about my Bach last episode. And uh, it was nice to see that there's several listeners out there that made uh, comments on Twitter about how they also love my box style. It's one of their favorite beer styles and posted some f- photos, too. So uh, cheers to you guys for out there enjoying my box and, and enjoying 
uh, the topic that we talked, you know, that we talked about about the Maybach. So I'm glad you guys enjoyed that. And uh, we, you know what? We we didn't have our Zoom uh, happy hour this last time because I think, like Chris, you mentioned, uh, sometimes we just need to take a break and just mm-hmm. chill. And uh, I think this weekend, you know, that uh, or the weekend that we were we were planning on doing it was just a good time. You know, Memorial Day weekend. Uh, it was a time just to go and relax and 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 not you know and not uh, you know go the extra mile. So we didn't have our our Zoom meetup, which is okay. But uh, but Chris, do you think we'll have time to do one uh, before our next show, or what do you think? I'll be honest, I'm not 100% sure with the way my schedule is going okay. right now. Uh, that could be that could be crazy. <laughs> okay. All right. So you know what? Let's just leave it open. And if uh, time if 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 a time slot opens up for us, then we'll go ahead and we'll get the word out uh, and, and we'll and we'll have a little meet up and and drink some beers together. I I, I will admit that uh, after having uh, you know, if we had did three of those uh, happy hours and I really uh, I, I really do, and you know, I do enjoy uh, having people in there and drinking with us and, and interacting because, like you mentioned, Chris, we haven't been able to go out to the bars, mm-hmm. and that is a I don't you don't realize how much of a part of our lives it is. Like like that revision description of the all together, right? We're mm-hmm. we're you know we like to go out and be social, and uh, because we are social, and when we don't have that capability, it's amazing at how it affects our just our 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 emotions our, our attitudes our moods um you know saturday night when we had our friends over uh even though it was really mellow and it was just nice to get back to some kind of normal behavior where we could just go and and chat and have that interaction again not that i don't i mean i love spending time with my wife but sometimes i need to have a you know a little you know different interaction too so it was nice. So, Chris, if it if it happens, we'll let our listeners know on Facebook, and then I'll let let you guys know on Twitter too for those that aren't on Facebook. Yes. But uh, if you would like to go ahead and contact the show with your comments or questions, you can do that easily through email. Just write us at taptocraft at gmail dot com. Just all one word, taptocraft, and uh, or on Twitter, uh, just uh, put in at the at sign taptocraft, all one word. Uh, just you know, put, you know, add us, tag us in your post and and uh you know i'll interact back with you and of course on our facebook page that's facebook slash tap the craft all one word uh, you can leave uh, some comments to the show notes uh, again chris is posting all kinds of articles there is that paste magazine article about uh that you know these horrible hot burn new england ipas that that breweries are doing it's a a good article to read and of course a lot of other good articles on there too that you'll find and don't forget our voicemail number. You can call us at 208-536-3359 or 208-53-ODDLY and leave us a voicemail. We'd love to hear your voice. And if you do that, we'll go ahead and play it on the air and you can have your voice heard on the show. And I'd like to thank Open Forum Radio Network for supporting the show. They do provide our hosting space at openforumradio.com. And we invite you to check out the other shows on the network. Okay, now it's time for the Brew Buzz, and the Brew Buzz is a photo discussing various beer-related topics, and this week we discussed brewer's yeast, some strain characteristics, and some selection criteria, as well as the life cycle throughout the brewing process. And I'm taking 
this content, I kind of, you know, I'm kind of cheating. I'm always cheating, right? I don't have to, I don't know this stuff. I can't go out and uh, study the science and become an expert on it. I have other experts out there that already do it. So I'll just go ahead and tell you where I got this information. I got it from the book, The Brewer's Handbook, The Complete Book of Brewing Beer by Ted Goldemer. And uh, he has a, a section, a chapter devoted just to yeast, uh, a bunch of different segments. So I went ahead and grabbed some, uh, you know, some of the stuff he had to say about it. I recommend uh, I'll have, have a link to his book where you can uh, go and, and buy it if you want to learn more about The Complete uh, Brewer's Handbook. And, uh, and go ahead and order it yourself. But this is where I did pull this information. Now, um, some of it I did reword to make it flow a little bit better, but for the most of it is, is his word, so I don't want to take credit for it. I'm just going to go ahead. We're, Chris and I are just going to get the information out there. And, of course, we'll add our own little tidbits as we go to kind of uh, highlight some, uh, some things. So I'll start it off, Chris, and then, uh, you know, we can just go back and forth like usual so mm-hmm. we don't lose our voices. All right, so yeast is one of the most important ingredients in, the, in brewing beer, and it's responsible for the uh, metabolic processes that produce the ethanol, the carbon dioxide, dioxide, and a whole range of other metabolic byproducts that contribute to the flavor and the finish of the beer. And I think when you, when you read about the history of beer, in the very beginning— uh, they didn't, they didn't, you know, people that were brewing beer didn't know that it was the yeast that was causing their, their flavored water to taste so great, right? And give you that, that, that lightheadedness from the alcohol. Now, of course, the alcohol content was very small back in the ancient days, but, um, you know, all the way from, you know, from those, uh, those people leaving bread out, like we, we read about people leaving loaves of bread out or dough out and, and having it you know, ferment the water and then drinking the water that's fermented, you know, that's some early signs of beer to even Belgian monks who were brewing beer and had a magic spoon that they put in that would, you know, be holding this uh, yeast character that was floating around in the keep or the, the abbey or whatever. And then they would mix it in into the beer and it would then put in those, you know, some of that yeast character into it to, to give them their special flavor, right? You know, yeast had been around, but they didn't know until later in time that, that that was what was actually causing this. And we find out there's a lot of different characters that we can get from yeast. Now, my goal, and it might still be my goal, I might go into, you know, in a future episode, I might go ahead and take some of these key yeast strains that are used in beer, different beer styles, and go into a little bit more detail about the, the phenolics and the characters that these that these yeasts have. We're going to talk about the different characters that they have, but it might be a good idea just to go ahead and, and take some of the, the more common yeast strains that you can buy as a home brewer out there and talk about what they're going to give you because um, you can follow a recipe, but once you start brewing beer, you might want to deviate from other people's recipe and kind of experiment on your, you know, yourself. So it'd be nice to know if, I, if you change the yeast, what it's going to do to the beer and what kind of characters you're going to get to it, you know, get from it. So that might be another topic. So let me continue on here. Um, there are literally hundreds of varieties and strains of yeast. In the past, there were two types of beer yeast. L yeast, which is the top fer- fermenting type, which is Saccharomyces cerevisiae. I'll just... I like that. Let's go for that. That, that sounded good. And, of course, there was Jager... Oh, Jager. Jager. Lager <laughs> yeast. Yeah. I, yeah. 
let me take one more sip here because obviously I don't have enough beer in me yet. Yeah, apparently not. You're going to have to go ahead and uh, recharge your uh, your vocabulary. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so and there's also lager yeast, which is the bottom fermenting type, which is Saccharomyces pastor pasturanus pasturanus yeah it goes it goes pasturanus so it was formerly referred to as saccharomyces carlsbergenus uh or genesis uh which is interesting it must be because of carlsberg um area or saccharomyces ovarum so that's that's what the uh the two types of yeast that w- in the beginning of the brewing process that they defined as types, but we know now that there's not just two types. There's a lot of different types of yeast out there. So these yeasts, they all have different characteristics. So first off, though, Chris, I'm going to have you go into the the two styles. Just a little bit of details about ale yeast in general and lager yeast. Yeah. So ale yeast, uh, that's the uh, the ale yeast strains are best used at temperatures ranging from 50 to about 77 degrees. Though some strains will not actively ferment below 54 degrees. Mm. Uh, and then the ale yeasts are generally re- regarded as top fermenting yeasts since they rise to the surface during fermentation and they create a very thick, rich yeast head. This that's why the term top fermenting is associated with ale yeasts. Mm. Um, Fermentation by ale yeast at these relatively warmer temperatures produces a beer high in esters and higher alcohols, which may regard as a distinctive character of ale beers. Mm. On the flip side of it, we've got lager yeasts. And lager yeast strains are best used at temperatures from about 45 to 60 degrees Fahrenheit. And at those temperatures, lager yeasts grow less rapidly than ale yeast, and with less surface foam, they tend to settle out to the bottom of the fermenter. And as ferment as fermentation nears completion, I need to recharge my vocabulary. That's <laughs> good beer. This is why they are often referred to as bottom yeasts. Uh, they're the bottoms. Uh, the <laughs> final flavor of the beer will depend a great deal on the strain of lager yeast and the temperatures at which it was fermented. But lager yeast generally produce greater quantities of hydrogen sulfide and other sulfur compounds. Yeah, yeah. So it, if you've uh, ever experienced um, some some lagers that uh, may not have uh, either they're still fermenting in the bottle if, if they're still fermenting in the bottle uh, or can uh, th- they'll still be creating those sulfur characteristics and when you first open it and you pour it into a glass uh, you'll get some of that sulfur uh, mm-hmm. character out of it it's very off-putting I haven't had it happen very often but when I have had it happen uh, I really it was really like whoa this is a bad beer but it's not a bad beer. All you gotta do is let that breathe a little bit, and those sulfur that sulfur will will come out of the beer and leave, and you won't be you won't taste it, right? It's it's only in your nose that you're really getting that character and and turning you off. Again, nowadays, very rare. I I think I've only experienced it when I actually had some beers that I got from, uh, I think I got them from Germany. They're for, I think they were from Germany. Now, I can't remember exactly because it was a while ago. And I, and those were bottle conditioned and they had, uh, you know, they had some of that sulfur off putting 
get, um, odor in it. So, but I think nowadays you're not going to get that character very often. Uh, but yeah, just keep that in mind. All right. So now that we talked about uh, just the basic two types of, of yeast, ale and, and lager, let's go into into how you would uh, select a yeast for the beer that you want to, you know, to brew. So here's some selection criteria. Uh, the selection of a yeast strain with the required brewing characteristics is vital from both a product quality and an economic standpoint. The criteria for yeast selection will vary according to the requirements of the brewing equipment and the beer style, but they are likely to include some of the following. So again, we have a list of, of a bunch of different uh, criteria. I'll cover half of it and I'll let Chris cover the other half. So I'll start off with uh, rapid fermentation. So rapid fermentation without excessive yeast growth, growth is important. As the, as the objectives is to produce a beer with the maximum attainable ethanol content consistent with the overall flavor balance of the product. So uh, it's good to have a, a, you know, a good balance with that, uh, with that fermentation. Um, next is yeast stress tolerance. How tolerant is this yeast to being stressed? And stress can come in a lot of different ways. Uh, you know, one you know one way of stressing it is, of course, uh, overusing it. Also, putting too much uh, hydrostatic pressure on it can really stress it out. If it's if it, if the if the fermentation vessel is too uh, too tall or too big, uh, that can cause a problem. So there's some different ways you can have different stresses. So you might want to have a, a yeast strain that's more tolerant to the the conditions that you're going to brew it in. So let's see. Uh, the yeast strain should be tolerant to alcohol, osmotic shock, and temperature. Uh, another stress point for yeast can be the collection separation or the centrifuging and pressing and the transfer, the pumping through the plant. So again, these are all things that, that, you know, may happen throughout the brewing process that may have an effect on the yeast. The next thing is flocculation. The flocculation characteristics of yeast are a of great importance. The term flocculation refers to the tendency to form clumps of yeast called flocks. The flocks, which are yeast cells, descend to the bottom in the case of bottom fermenting yeast, or they rise with the carbon dioxide bubbles to the surface in the case of top fermenting yeast. The flocculation characteristics need to be matched to the type of fermentation vessel used. A strongly cropping strain will be ideal for skimming from the open fermenter, but unsuitable for a cylindroconical fermenter. Whew, that was a big Damn. word I just popped out of there. Seriously, you're over there flocculating yourself yeah. and your cylindroconical <laughs> fermenter. Yeah, yeah. Oy. All right, so the rates of attenuation uh, <clears throat> with your yeast is definitely something else you need to take into consideration too. So the attenuation refers to the percentage of sugars converted to alcohol and carbon dioxide as measured by specific gravity. Um, most yeasts ferment the sugars, glucose, sucrose, maltose, and fructose, and then to achieve efficient conversion of sugars to ethanol, which is good attenuation, it requires the yeast to be capable of completely utilizing the maltose and mal maltotrose, maltotriose, maltotriose. Yeah, there we sure. Yeah, that sounds good. I like that. 
the beer flavor, uh, the selection of the yeast strain itself is perhaps one of the most important contributors to beer flavor. Uh, the different strains will vary markedly in the byproducts they produce, which are esters, higher alcohols, fatty acids, hydrogen sulfide, and dimethyl sulfide. Storage, man, I am so glad all I have to do is tear open a packet and dump it in my beer. <laughs> Good God. Anyway, um, <laughs> the, uh, where was I? Storage characteristics uh, of a yeast are very important for maintaining viability during storage between fermentations and rapid attenuation when repitched. Mm. Yep, still glad I just have to tear a packet. Yeah. Um, I'd like, I'd be interested to know what Haley does go through uh, to get all this yeah. <laughs> set up. Oh, God, we're talking about mutants now. <laughs> uh, so the mutation of yeast. Yeast mutations are a common occurrence in breweries, but their presence may never be detected. Usually, uh, a mut- usually the mutant has no adverse effects since it cannot compete with normal yeast and generally just disappears rapidly. In some cases, though, mutant yeast will overcome the normal brewing brewing yeast and may express itself in many different ways. That's how you get Ninja Turtles, guys. Um, for example, a mutation could affect the fermentation of maltotrios. Maltotrios? Maltotrios? Yep, that one. Maltotrios. <laughs> or there could be a continuous variation in the fermentation rate. Mm. All right, so the degeneration of yeast. So we're talking about the, the birth the life and the degeneration of yeast. <laughs> yeast degeneration refers to the gradual deterioration in performance of the brewing yeast. It's characterized by some of the following symptoms. Sluggish fermentations. Yeah, I get those. Mm. Uh, premature cessation no. of fermentation. Oh, it's, it, look, okay, look. It happens <laughs> to the best of us, okay? Um, which uh, results in a high residual fermentable levels in beer resulting in high residual fermentable levels in beer. Yeah. Uh, gradual lengthening of fermentation times and poor foam or yeast head formation. Some brewers have noticed that the flavor of beer becomes increasingly dry as a result of yeast degeneration. Wow. Nice. Yeah. So there's a lot of characteristics that, like Chris already mentioned, that he doesn't really think about when he's brewing his beer. He just takes the pack that they say to do and, Throws it in, and guess what? Good beer is made. And beer happens. And beer I happens. don't know. Maybe Am I just lucky, or I, I don't know? No, I think, just... I think someone else has already gone through and knows that that yeast that they recommended it was a good candidate for the beer style that you were brewing. So someone already did the science and, and the testing and said, yep, this is good. So, when but, it comes to beer, I'm glad other people do the science yeah, for me. Yeah, but the, you can see that that maybe not for a home brewer do we have to worry about so many of these different characteristics and you know you may have to only focus on a few of them that that will really be an impact to your beer but for a professional production brewery that are you know that have to work within the confines of their brew house uh whether it you know how many stages it is uh whether they're doing gravity fed or pumps uh you know you know there's a lot of you know the fermenters are are uh, open fermenting or their conical towers and you know what you know what you know which which yeast is going to perform better at these different characteristics there's, there's a lot to that goes into it and people don't realize that this is all very important to making sure your uh, beer turns out as good as it can you know best it can and that's why you shouldn't take lightly 
when these breweries, and I've been saying this lately too, when a brewery can brew a fantastic lager uh, when there's no flaws found in it from that come from the yeast, right? Yeast is like going to be a, a – you're easily going to pick up flaws in the beer coming from the yeast being stressed out or not, you know, not – some of these criteria are not optimal for it and, and the yeast just can't handle it. You're going to see it in a lager. And when a brewery can brew a, a lager beer that is so damn, like, perfect, uh, no flaws, uh, that's something special. Because that lager is going to, you know, is going to end up showing those flaws a lot. Okay. Last thing we're going to talk about here is we're going to talk about the, the yeast life cycle. And the, the life cycle of yeast is activated from dormancy when it is added or pitched to the wart. Uh, the yeast growth follows four phases, which are somewhat arbitrary because all the phases may overlap in time. So the first phase is the lag period. Second phase is the growth phase. The third is the fermentation phase, and the last is the sedimentation phase. And we'll go ahead and talk about each of these in a little bit more detail. So I'll start off with the lag phase. So reproduction is the first great priority uh, upon pitching, and the yeast will not do anything else until food reserves are built up. This stage is marked by a drop in pH because of the utilization of phosphate and a reduction in oxygen. Glycogen and intercellular carbohydrate reserve is essential as an energy source for cell activity since wort sugars are not assimilated early in the lag phase. Stored glycogen is broken down into glucose, which is utilized by the yeast cell for reproduction, the cell's first concern. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Reproduce. <laughs> Multiply. <laughs> so uh, low glycogen levels produce abnormal levels of vicinal dicotones, especially diacetyl, and result in longer fermentations. So, yeah, we don't want to have that damn uh, diacetyl. So you make sure that you uh, don't have low glycogen uh, levels. <laughs> so, all right, so that's the lag phase. That's the very first phase. So in lag phase, basically everything's being, you know, the yeast is kind of just storing up and trying to uh, do everything they can to, to, to produce, mass produce themselves, right? To, to reproduce and get their levels up to a point where they can start eating away at those sugars. So now let's go into the growth phase. And the growth phase, often referred to as the respiration phase, follows the lag phase once sufficient glycogen reserves are built up within the yeast. This phase is evident by the covering of foam on the wort surface due to the liberated carbon dioxide. So you know you're in the growth phase once you start seeing that foam building up on the top level surface of that uh, of your wart. So there you go. All right, Chris, let's go into the fermentation phase. Fermentation phase quickly follows the growth phase when the oxygen supply has been depleted. Uh, fermentation, is a, fermentation is an anaerobic process, which means it does not require oxygen to happen. Um, in fact, any remaining oxygen in the wort, wort is scrubbed, i.e. stripped out of the solution by the carbon dioxide bubbles produced by the yeast. Wow. And then we move on to the sedimentation phase. The sedimentation phase is the process through which yeast flocculates and settles to the bottom of the fermenter following fermentation. The yeast begins to undergo a process that will preserve its life as it readies itself for dormancy by producing a substance called glycogen. In the next episode, 
we will continue our discussion on yeast, following up with the nutritional requirements and yeast byproducts. Yeah. I love yeast byproducts. Those are my yeah. favorite part of the that, whole process. That's it, right? We we got to have, I mean, yeast is eating the sugars, but what does that mean? Yeah, that means alcohol is being created as a that byproduct. Means, yeah. yeah, that means they eat the sugar and they poop alcohol. That's right. And that's what makes you happy. That's the yeah. happy, happy poop. That's why we're all here. Yeah. <laughs> So, or yummy uh, yeast poop. Yeah. So, um, I, I I don't know. I thought that was a nice little kind of uh, you know dive, deep di- not too deep, a light dive into yeast and the characteristics and stuff that you probably never thought about when you're drinking a beer. But now, in the back of your mind, you might you know think about that. And and again, in the brewing process for for production breweries, because yeast is not cheap. And it takes a lot of yeast in when you're brewing uh, large quantities of beer. Uh, it's all about getting that sedimentation phage so that they can co- recollect and uh, and use that yeast again and keep that you know keep that the yeast healthy so that they can repitch it into the next batch and uh, and, and and be able to uh, reuse some of that yeast so that they don't have to spend more money in in producing yeast. And mm-hmm. it's this becomes important when a a brewery has uh, a house yeast, right? Uh, a a beer that's brewed, or the, you know, a beer or series of beer that is utilizing their own special blend or strain of yeast that was somehow collected in the brewery. Whether they they added different yeast strains together to get what they have, or they're you know, use some wild yeast and they added it to get their house strain, but they're always going to have this house strain. They got to keep they got to keep alive and keep using and keep pitching in. With some other, you know, as they as they they keep doing batches, they got to use some of that house yeast to keep that uh, flavor profile alive, so that you have repeatable beers every batch that you do, um, and it saves money. All right, Chris, I I like that topic. How do you like that? I, you know what, I was uh, initially, I'll be honest, I was like, oh, we're gonna talk about yeast. <laughs> I knew you were gonna get. I knew that was gonna be the case. I but, was like, can he talk about something sexy? What about what is this yeast stuff? <laughs> look, but you know what? The last episode we talked about uh, yeast got a little sexy when we were talking about <laughs> the wasp or the hornet yeast or whatever it was yeah. that we were talking about. And uh, but honestly, I was. Uh, I had no idea. Again, I'm just very happy that all I have to do is tear open that little <laughs> packet of of Safale 04, Safale 05, or however you pronounce it. Mm-hmm. Uh, get my wart down to a specific temperature, dump it in there, put it in the uh, in the chest cooler, and maintain that temperature. Whereas, you know, basically, I I don't think I could take my my processes and transfer it over to a commercial brewery without a lot of education. Yeah. Yeah, you have to study up on it. Study up on it. Or and, I just call my buddy John and go, John, yeah. listen. <laughs> hey, this is what I'm trying to do. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, that'll work too. Well, no, he'd, he'd probably give me some nonsense about it and call me names, and that's what I like about him. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I will be honest. Uh, it was it was the uh, article on that wasp yeast that, that did uh, – get my wheels turning in my head that I, I wanted to understand more about, uh, you know, yeast in, in the, in the brewing process. So that's why I decided to go ahead and do this. And I wanted to do something educational that that's not the same old stuff we, you know, that we've done over and over. So I, that's why I, I also want to, you know, towards the end of the year, 
we're going to also be diving into uh, hop strains. Uh, I, I want to do a deep dive into different hops that we hear about all the time, you know, Mosaic, uh, the three C's, uh, you know, the Strata hop, the brand new Strata hop, you know, some of the New Zealand hops and the new world hops that, that are really, uh, people really enjoy, you know, kind of name the hop and then break it down to the characteristics that it gives and, and let people understand the, what, you know, what they can expect when they see the name of that hop in their beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think that'd be fun just to, you know, give the, the, the non brewer, non home brewer, and even the home brewer, you know, a little bit more education on, on what they're, you know, what they're tasting. And they might be able to pull those flavors out next time they have a beer with, with those flavors in it. And what, I got to say, one of those hops that I've been really enjoying lately, and there's one in the beer that I'm finishing up now, that Herding Tigers, is the Strata Hop. Oh, yeah. And I, and I love the fact that it's, you know, it's named after a cloud because that's that's normally that, that, that fluffy, yeah. like, mouthfeel that you get from it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, that, I totally agree. I said, I think I said that last episode or one before is, yeah, it's like, it's a soft, pillowy, mm-hmm. cloudy, like, uh, feeling. And I, I also enjoy that. It's really nice. So yeah, we'll definitely dive into the strata because that, that hop was, uh, genetically engineered out of the University of Oregon. Oh, I mean, uh, Oregon State. Sorry. Sorry, beavers. Mm-hmm. I didn't mean to, I meant university. You're about to piss or some the people Oregon off. State University. Yeah. I'm That's not like a beaver fan. So uh, really, no, no, no. So everything, every time I try to say uh, Oregon State University, it always comes out University of Oregon because I'm always going to put them above the, the beavers. Yeah. <laughs> Still not a beaver fan, huh? <laughs> no, I'm but I have so many that. friends that that went to uh, Oregon State. I have so many friends that went there, and but they don't hold it against me for. That's all right. That's like us uh, arguing back and forth about the Florida State Seminoles and the Gators. Yeah. Here or Ohio State long reign over Michigan. <laughs> yeah, O H I O. But uh, yeah, I'm curious to see where we go. Uh, go with the next episode with the rest of our yeast chat. Yeah, yeah. We'll just just finish. Maybe I can. Uh, maybe I can uh, write Haley and and maybe she can just record something to uh, uh, to you know that we can put into the show that might give some insight if she has time to do that. She. But we'll see. I just love well, to hear. She has so much knowledge on this, and I just uh, what I really want to do is I just want to go and sit down with her and have her and just have a conversation with her and just talk about it. Uh, I just don't know if that's going to happen anytime soon, and uh, so I'm trying to improvise. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to do it, and it's uh, hanging out in, in her yeast closet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She was going to show me her uh, little uh, yeast closet. Uh, uh, laboratory that does and I, not sound right and uh we didn't we we missed it we we got talking about this stuff and i never made it back there to check it out yeah mm. <laughs> all right chris hey uh we're done we're done with the uh with the prescribed outline and topics that we had to t- dis- discuss we can't be done uh, i'm done but okay. I, but if you're not done then uh you have anything you want to talk about before we close uh out? okay i lied i'm done okay yeah I'm done. All right. This beer is, the beer has gone. Um, yeah, I'm good. Okay. Well, then on that note, let's go ahead and uh, and raise a glass to something we want to raise a glass to. So, Chris, uh, who or what or when or whatever would you like to raise a glass to tonight? 
So I would love to raise a glass to my buddy Trey Thrailkill, and I can pronounce his name mm. even as buzzed as I am right now. Uh, it is his birthday today. Oh, nice. Happy birthday, buddy! Uh, cheers to you. I hope you had yourself some good home brew. Uh, I'm going to drink the rest of this beer from Escape for you. And uh, cheers to you, my friend. We are long overdue for a beer, and I hope you had an awesome day. All right. Uh, you know what? I'm going to, you know, we, we didn't talk about Memorial Day last episode. I, mm. And I, and I, uh, and you know, I didn't post anything. I usually post something on social media on Memorial Day. And I, I've, t- in previous episodes, I've talked about the significance of, of Memorial Day to my family. Uh, and I'll just quickly, I'll just say um, that I'm named after my father, who was named after his uncle, who died as a prisoner of war in the Philippine Islands uh, during World War II. And so his name was Denny Mervin Luce. My dad's Denny Charles Luce. I'm Denny Charles Luce II. So there's, you know, we, we share uh, a name across our, our lineage here. So, um, you know, he died before I, well before I was, before my dad was born. And, uh, but we are living tributes to the sacrifice that he made in, uh, to, you know, to protect, uh, the world, you know, the way we have it now, right? Mm-hmm. It was it was a big sacrifice, and so I this week I just want to raise my glass to uh, to my great uncle Denny that I wish that uh, that things would have been different and I would have been able to meet you and talk about the sacrifices that uh, that were made over there during that time. I I did just get you know every Memorial Day I go and I I watch uh, uh, you know World War Two. Pacific movies. I watched the Pacific uh, mini series. I've mm-hmm. I own that, and I watch it every so often. And oh my gosh, it's I I don't know how they did it. It's uh, I couldn't do it. I'm I mean I was in the military. I did a lot of I you know I did stuff I didn't think I would you know mentally and physically would be able to do just because you don't know you can do that until you're put to do it, and then you you surprise yourself. But I I don't know. I don't think I I. I still, I don't think I could do it. It was unbelievable. So I raised my glass to all those military men and women who, uh, who, who have sacrificed their lives in protection of our freedoms. Thank you for your service. I guess we're ready to, to close it out. So I'll just go ahead and say you can find the beers and the links to the articles mentioned in the show in the show notes located on the show post at openformio.com. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at Crew. And Chris, how can our listeners follow you? So you can never find me on, on Twitter yeah. at Chris underscore McKenzie 82, unless you send me something that alerts my email. <laughs> uh, so you can find me on Twitter, Chris underscore McKenzie 82, uh, or you can find me on untapped and Instagram at MCK one, three, four, five. And of course you can always interact with us on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash tap the craft. Yeah, so go out there and just tag Chris on Twitter over on and Twitter. over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get him on there. You won't. You won't do it. <laughs> I dare you. Yeah, I dare you. We double dare you. Yep. Double dare. And you have to make sure you spell my name correctly. So yes. good luck with that. Yes. Well, if you if you need to spell his name, just look in Don't. our uh, description. That you, it's right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's easy. All right. Okay, it is last call. It is time to bring the show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening, and we ask you to please, please tell a friend, and of course, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, Google Play, now on Spotify. In fact, Spotify is becoming big. 
So go out on Spotify and start downloading us and uh, making us popular. That'd be great. Or however you listen to your podcast. We don't care how you listen. Just go ahead and download and listen. And, of course, uh, feedback. You know, Let us know you're listening. That helps, too. And as a reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. Cheers.